0: Merry Christmas everybody. It's good to see you guys. Glad you're here today. Uh, Let me know, let let you know about two things uh, for Christmas Eve. Uh, Number one, we have two worship hours on Christmas Eve. Make sure that you come to one of those. We'd love to see you all there. And uh, also, we always take up an offering at Christmas Eve for some special project. Last few years it's been for uh, El Salvador, our friends in El Salvador. And we're going to do that once again. We have been able to build the pastor's house there build out bathrooms for the people, and one of the goals the church has down there is to build a soccer field for uh, the kids in that area, and you know how that will draw people to the church, and, uh, and so that's what they want to do is figure out a way to build a bridge with their community, and there is a little lot there, and so we're going to take up an offering on Christmas Eve to be able to uh, begin the process of getting that. I don't think it's going to finish the process, but, uh, but it's going to begin that process, and so we encourage you to give uh, for that. Uh, what is your favorite season? What is your favorite season? In fact, would you just turn to your neighbor real quick? Tell them what your favorite season is and why. I have three favorite seasons, all right? I told you to tell one, but I have three. Uh, first of all, I love summer because it's hot. Amen? You know what I'm saying? And if it wasn't for my family living in Ohio and all of you, Uh, i'd live in the south all right that's just that's the way it is i would go south maybe one of these days i'll retire be a snowbird and have a trailer i have no idea my second favorite season is football season anybody know what i'm talking about all right it's football season and uh and that's because and by the way i'm praying that the Bengals lose the rest of the year all right that's been my prayer for several weeks i just hope they lose out and totally change things that's that would be great my third favorite season is christmas I I love the Christmas season Now I do not like winter in particular But I like Christmas time And uh, I like the gifts I like the lights I like the music I like family, friends, food, festivities But most of all I love the significance of Christmas Can you even begin to imagine The God of the universe The king of heaven and earth Coming to earth To his creation He walked and lived among us so that we could relate to him. He became one of us so that he he could rescue us. One of the first men to ever walk on the moon was former astronaut James Irwin. And you may not know this, but James Irwin was a Christian. And after his journey to the moon, he would often conclude the letters that he wrote with this statement. There is one thing better than man walking on the moon, and that is God walking on the earth. And that's what we celebrate here Not only this season, but every season If you go into the Gospels, you'll learn the story Matthew and Luke are more detailed They, they really kind of zone in on what really happens in the story Matthew gives the genealogy And then he gives the announcement of the, of the birth to Mary And what it will be like And then to Joseph And then later we see how the wise men, the magi, come from the east And they worship the king as well in the, in the gospel of Luke, you see when you're reading the story, you learn about the the traveling to Bethlehem, and, and the angels on the Judean hillside, and the announcement to the shepherd, and them coming to worship the newborn king, the birth of the baby, the return of the shepherds back to their uh, home, and they're sharing this story with other people. That's what you learn in the gospel of Luke. But if you Pull back in the Gospel of John, it gives kind of a 30,000 foot perspective on what happens. It gives you a broader perspective. It puts the story into a broader context. And this is what it says in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And that sounds an awful lot like the words in the very beginning of the Bible that say, In the beginning. God created and so the Bible is telling us John is telling us listen that this story is in a much broader context from the very beginning of time God had a plan to rescue us to come into our world to save us and John wants us to know he wants us to know that Jesus didn't begin in Bethlehem he started long long before that he started in the very very beginning even before time John is telling us that Jesus is eternal just like God the Father, and in, indeed, He is God in the flesh coming to earth. John chapter 1, verse 3 says, Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. He was instrumental, foundational in creation. We get to know not only the words of the King, we get to know the living Word. We get to know the King Himself. My dad uh, told me one time at the end of his life, he said, Stephen, we've had very similar career paths. We both have had growing churches at a young age. We both planted churches. We both are involved in other things outside of that to be able to advance the kingdom. But there's something I wish I would have done, he said. I want to encourage you to do this. Write. Write a book. Take the knowledge and experience that you have and put it down on paper. It was good advice. It was advice that I'm following. But if I was given the choice between the written words of my father and the experiences and the spoken words of my father, do you know which one I would choose? I would choose those experiences. I would choose those years and years, a lifetime of experiences shared with me and the spoken words of my dad. And here's the good news about God. We get to experience both the written word of God and also the living word of God. Christ walking among us. The king of kings being part of our world. And John 1 tells us that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, is left heaven, came to earth. The king that reigns came down humbly to serve. And today, in this message series we're calling Advent, the coming of the king to earth, I want to talk to you about the king. I want to talk about what do we do with the king of kings. And the first thing is we receive the king. One of the most sung Christmas carols is Joy to the World, and it goes like this. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Now, not everybody was joyful when uh, Jesus was born. When the king comes, we have a choice to make. We can either reject the king or we can receive the king, and we see that in the story. Herod was king. And he did not want to receive a new king. In fact, he first learned about the birth of Jesus from the Magi, a group of foreign foreigners who came to his palace searching for a new world ruler. They stopped at the palace in Jerusalem, and they asked Herod, where is he, the one who is born king of the Jews? We've seen his star, and we've come to worship him. And Herod was troubled. Herod was jealous. In fact, if you knew something about Herod, Her- 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 Herod, 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 that's a new one. Harold, he, uh, he was one of these guys that was very, very insecure. In fact, he had had three of his sons murdered so they wouldn't take his throne. Can you imagine? And so imagine the response when he hears that a new king is going to be born. And he told the magi, hey, come back and tell me where he is so that I'll know how to worship him. But Herod was really going to plot to kill this child, assassinate him. He rejected the king. And friends, there are still those who reject the king today because they see him as a threat to their selfish desires or individual freedom, insatiable greed, or intellectual pride. John 1, it says this is going to happen. It says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. There are some who reject him, but there are some who receive him. And in contrast to King Herod, the wise man received Jesus as king. They were inconvenienced. Some say they might have traveled as far as 600 miles to get to Palestine, and they were surprised. The child wasn't in a big city where they expected him. He wasn't born to royalty as they expected. But they still humbled themselves, and they worshiped him as king. The Gospel of Matthew we told, on coming to the house, they saw the child, and with his mother, Mary, they bowed down and worshiped him. They then opened their treasures and presented him with the gift of gold and incense and myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to return back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Can you imagine the travel back? The excitement that was in their heart that, that, that had an overwhelming success, they had followed that star? They had found the king. They had worshipped him. They had correctly interpreted the meaning of that star. They found the king. They laid gifts before him. And they were refreshed and filled with joy. If you receive the king of kings, Christ, he brings a spiritual joy that you can't find anywhere else. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. There is something about the king. That nourishes and fills us. Acts chapter 8 tells us about the rich young ruler, uh, uh, about a rich ruler, rather, named uh, uh, from Ethiopia, who received Christ. And he was baptized into Christ, and he went on his way rejoicing when he received the king. Following his conversion, an English scholar, C.S. Lewis, discovered a new sense of well being that had not happened before he was so inspired by it, he wrote a little book called Surprised by Joy. When Christ is received as King, he feels an inner longing for significance. He brings forgiveness and peace and joy and purpose and hope in life and I'm just asking, do you know the King? Have you received the King of Kings into your heart? Have you confessed Him as Lord? Have you repented of your sins and been baptized into Christ? Do you know the King? There are people in this room that need to receive Him. There are people that need to say yes to the greatest gift of all. We receive the King, but we also allow the King to reign. There are people who want to receive Christ, but they're, they want all the benefits, they want all the blessings, but they don't actually allow Christ to reign in their heart. And when Jesus was born, we're told there was a, an, an inn that they tried to get into, and they were sent away to the stable. But Mary and Joseph, they were allowed to spend that night To have the baby in a manger And that innkeeper might have boasted to himself I received the Messiah He was born on my property He spent his first night in my stable But no matter how he packaged it The truth was Jesus didn't reign over his selfish concerns In his mind there was no room for Christ Zig Ziglar once time told us about his brother Who was turned away at a large hotel And the clerk said we have absolutely no room Sorry and Ziglar said Let me ask you a question If the President of the United States Came through that door right now And asked for a room Would you find a room for him And the clerk said well Yeah I gotta be honest with you If the President of the United States came We'd find a room for him And Ziglar said well I've got news for you I know for a fact the President of the United States Is not coming tonight So I'll take his room thank you jesus encountered a number of people that rejected him not only did they reject him they didn't want him to reign the rich young ruler wanted the benefits of eternal life but jesus said you got to give up your possessions he wasn't willing to do that one man said lord i'll follow you wherever you go but first i gotta go take care of some family business he wasn't willing to put christ first Many on the day of the triumphal entry shouted, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They celebrated him, but they didn't truly really want him to reign because a few days later they they yelled, crucify him, crucify him. And there are people today who only want to receive the good things that Christ offers, but they don't want him to reign over their business ethics or their New Year's entertainment or their locker room stories or their public image. And there are believers even who want to receive the benefits of Christ, but they don't really want to let him reign in their lives, and, and they don't want him to really take over. Just like the innkeeper, we want to keep him out in the stable, away from the throne, away from us, just close enough. People who receive Christ but don't let him rule are usually not at peace. Someone said you can keep, you can keep one foot in two different canoes for a while, but eventually you're going to get in real trouble. I experienced that when we went to Canada uh, a few a couple years ago. And uh, they, we were told, make sure you don't get your shoes wet right away. That's going to be a very uncom- uncomfortable experience, especially when you're hiking all these ways. Make sure you got waterproof shoes. So I, I went and shopped and got these really nice waterproof shoes. I was going to be sure to follow their instructions. But the very first thing we did, they took us on this boat and took us a few hours out where they were going to drop us off in the canoes. And even before they put the canoes in the water, the boat was kind of coming up against the shore, and I reasoned to myself, I'll be the first one to jump out and help everybody. And so I got out of the boat, and I, I got up on one rock. My foot was on, one, on the rock, and my foot was also in the boat, and it wasn't very long before this thing started to drift out. And I began to lose my footing, and sure enough, not only did I get my feet wet, I got very wet all the way. I mean, all the way. And waterproof shoes don't do any good when it goes down on the top, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't help me very much. And here I was, drenched, soaking wet, and I had not even taken one step into Canada yet. Duplicity wears you out. You cannot have your foot in two different locations. Indecisiveness causes you to lose your footing. Hypocrisy saps the joy out of your life. And so we have to decide. Jesus said it this way, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And so we have to allow Christ to reign over every facet of our lives. That's where we find joy and peace and happiness and security. On the night before Jesus died, he said, I've told you this so that your joy may be, my joy may be in you and that your joy will be complete because you're at peace. Well, that leads to this last idea, and that is in order to enter into the kingdom, in order to enter into a right relationship with the king, you have to allow him to, to reign in you through repentance. Reigning requires repentance. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Sin promises happiness but ultimately delivers sorrow, and Satan Satan told Adam and Eve, if you eat of the tree, it'll be good to eat. It'll make you wise. But in the end, that luscious looking fruit brought a horrible curse and unending sorrow. They felt guilty, they were alienated from God, they were escorted out of the garden, they began to die. The woman would have pain in childbirth. The man would now have to toil of the earth, and work would be hard and difficult. Sin brings a bitter curse and painful sorrow. Satan entices us with the promises of, hey, it's okay, no one's watching. There's excitement, there's pleasure there, but in the end, it's going to produce sorrow and death. Sin brings pain. But there is a wonderful experience of joy and peace when someone repents. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love that verse. Repentance equals refreshing. There's a great book that's just recently out, came out called Elementary Discipleship. It's online; you can get it. It's, it's a great book written by a couple guys that I know. But um, I'd like to quote you from that book, all right? And uh, but I'm going I'm not gonna quote myself. I'll quote from the other author, um, Josh Romano. And it's interesting if you go on Amazon and you look on your phone, it says elementary discipleship by steven sams and one other author it says another author isn't that funny but if you go on barnes and noble it says it's written by josh romano and another author so anyway it's uh, it's really strange but here's what josh writes on the kingdom of god and on repentance listen to what he says repentance is a word that gets tossed around a lot among church people i remember a guy who walked in the streets near my college campus he wore a heavy a-frame sign around his neck with the words repent or burn he purposely provoked people As they passed and called them names, he said, As I passed one time, he called me a child of the devil. That's what I call Josh when he forgets his wallet at lunch. Amen? I'll pay for you this time, but you're a child of the devil. Anyway, repentance, he says, comes comes with some bad PR. But what if we've mischaracterized it? Jesus called people to repentance too, but his approach was different. When Jesus spoke of the kingdom, crowds gathered and people leaned in. Repentance was the way forward. He didn't swing the word around like a club. Rather, he threw it out like a life preserver to people who were drowning. He said he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world repentance is an offer to turn from one way in pursuit of a better way it's turning from the kingdom of the world in exchange for the kingdom of god repentance is turning from attitudes attributes and actions of the kingdom of the world in exchange for the better things of the kingdom of god repentance is being sorry for the ways we reject and turn from god it's not just saying sorry it's being sorry there's a difference He writes, as a parent, I have to reinforce this difference time and time again with our four-year-old. I remind him, if you're actually sorry about pushing your little brother over, you won't do it again the next time you get the chance. He said, repentance is a commitment to live under the leadership and rule of King Jesus. It isn't just a one-time event, it's a constant realignment with God's desires, because his desires are life-giving. And then he concludes... It is through repentance that God reclaims us as his own, restores us to the truest, best version of ourselves, and repurposes us for his glory. We can't make our home in both kingdoms simultaneously. Repentance is choosing God's kingdom as our home. It's rejecting the kingdom of the world. And when Jesus commands us to repent, he has our best interests in mind. It's up to us to decide if we want God's best or we want to settle for less. That's pretty good. Maybe you received Christ years ago maybe there was a time period when he reigned in your life but recently you've been enticed into some sin it looks good you didn't intend to get entangled but now you're on the verge of a painful harvest repent to repent means more than expressing sorrow or regretting that you get caught to repent means to be convicted to be contrite and to change turn from your previous direction reverse course And when there is a genuine turning from sin, there is authentic joy and peace and hope and refreshing that follows. The story of the prodigal son he takes his inheritance from his father as if to say, Dad, I wish you were dead. He takes that. He goes and squanders that money on wild living. He ends up so desperate, his friends leave, and he ends up in a pigsty. And he says to himself, What am I doing? And the Bible says these words He came to his senses. That's the first step you realize. Some of you may be realizing just today, just now in this moment, but you realize you come to your senses. And then he said he got up. Not only did he come to his senses, but he did something about it. He got up. He returned to the father. And the story then tells us that the father runs to the son. He sees him a long way off, and he celebrates with him, and he embraces him. And the son, as he repents, tries to sputter out a speech of, of apology. The father didn't even want to hear it. He already knew just by the very action of the son coming home that the son wanted that relationship restored. He gave him a ring, he gave him shoes, he gave him a robe, and he gave him a meal, and he said, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Jesus said, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who don't need to repent. There's joy on earth too. That father celebrated, that son celebrated. There was a time of refreshing there. So friends, don't let sin and sorrow grow any longer in your life. Experience the joy and peace and hope and refreshing that comes when you return back to Jesus. Let him reign. I came across a video that takes a few minutes, but I want to show it to you. It's just another way to say exactly what I've said over the last few minutes, exactly what Josh said in elementary discipleship. It's just another way to express this same gospel story. Just allow this message to move you today.
1: When it comes to this season, I'm reminded of the past Over 300 messianic prophecies came to pass With the birth of a child both God and man, our deliverer of sin, born with a battle plan. Sin waged war in our lives since the day of our birth. But now the deliverer, our rescuer, has come to break that curse. That which has separated us from the Father on this earth is about to be defeated by the coming of our King and Lord. Oh Mary, did Mary, you know? Did
2: you know that your babe? on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby
1: Peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. He made an appeal to the Father, our Judge by his death on our behalf. Satan never anticipated the aftermath. The are broken, the captives are set free, the oppressed and depressed can lift their heads cause we are free indeed, Our redemption sealed by the blood through the sacrifice of the one born to die so that you and I can find the life he died for, to ensure forevermore the cure for death, oh Mary did you Mary, know, did
2: you know, that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man, Mary did you know, your baby boy will come a storm with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary
1: it is finished my debt is paid in full can i ever fully grasp what it took to save this soul but i will lift my head and i will bear my cross i've been sanctified by the blood so satan can count his loss the victory's mine by birthright reborn in his name authority over evil because of the price that he paid i see the heavens open wide and seated at the right hand of god he's the one and I'm the rescuer of the world. the King of kings, and Lord of lords. He is our Father, and He's here to rescue us.
0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Nothing was made that has been made. Even though He came to His own, His own did not receive Him. But to those who receive Him, they receive the full rights as children of God. And today, we're going to take just a few moments. I left some extra time today in the worship gathering to just have some time to pray. But what I want to do is just invite you, if you feel like the Holy Spirit is challenging you in some way, maybe it, maybe it's a first-time commitment to Christ that you want to talk to somebody about, and, and you want to say, I, I need to repent, I need the King of Kings to be my Lord, I want Him to reign in my life. We're going to have the opportunity for you to just sit on the front row, or just come and kneel, here at the front just to kind of acknowledge God I I need I need help in this area and you want to talk to somebody about what it means to become a Christian to receive Christ as King some of you might need to come today you want somebody to pray for you because maybe there is something in your life that's keeping you from a right relationship with God maybe it's a schedule maybe it's a sin maybe it's something else but you want somebody to pray with you about that we're gonna have the opportunity to do that today Maybe some of you just want to receive the refreshing that God offers, and you have some unspoken concern in your life today, and you just want to be able to say to somebody, hey, just pray for me. I, I, I'm not really to just, there's just something in my life, something in somebody's life in my, in my world that I want you to pray for. Maybe you have somebody that this year you're struggling in some, some way because maybe there's somebody you've lost in your life or someone around you like the prodigal son has left home. Whatever it is, we're going to just leave plenty of time right now. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I would just ask any of you who want to come and be prayed for, would you just come sit or kneel here? Just whatever the concern is, whatever the need is, we're going to have somebody pray with you today. We left plenty of time for this today, for God to just do something right here in this moment, all right? So as I pray, you come. God, I pray today in this quiet moment, in this dark place, that God, there will be those who say, I, I, need, I need a time of refreshing. I want Christ to reign in my heart. I want the right kind of relationship, and maybe I've allowed other things to come in, in that relationship. Maybe I've allowed other distractions to happen, or maybe, God, I need to repent of something, or maybe I want a first-time relationship with you. I, I want to know you, God. Maybe there's somebody today, they need just some special prayer for somebody else in their life. Maybe there's a child that they're worried about or a parent that they're concerned about or somebody that has a health issue or, or a spiritual problem that they haven't been willing to speak to anybody about. And God, in the privacy of these moments, in the, they can take confidence in knowing that the one who prays with them today will pray with that assurance of confidence. And, and God, we just ask for that today your Holy Spirit would convict and guide and direct and comfort in these moments. So God, we leave moments right now in this space. We want to leave time for you to do what you do best. Do your work on the human heart. We pray that in your name. So right now, as Aaron prays, would you just come? Just come. Just as Aaron plays, just come. We're going to give you plenty of time to come down front. that opportunity right now. Plenty of time for you to come. Have somebody pray with you. Just come on down. So if you want somebody to pray with you for something in your life, you can have confidence in knowing that they'll they're trustworthy. God they need that they need that repentance or they need to allow you to reign or maybe they have someone else in their life they're concerned about God we want that peace that passes understanding we want that joy that's found only in you God we want that relationship with you we want to allow you to reign in our life God just leave this open for another couple of moments if you want to come If you would, if you'd stand with me, put an arm around somebody's shoulder. God, we pray today and we thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. God, we thank you today that you have given us your word, not just your your written word, God, which is so important to us. It's living and active. But God, you've given us that living word of God, Christ walking among us today, God. We thank you for your relationship that you have offered and extended to us, God. God, for those who have health issues and concerns today, they're worried about, but they've been unwilling to speak about it, God, I pray that they would be open to you. They would turn the concerns, the issues, the challenges over, the, the unanswered questions. God, for those who are dealing with just discouragement or depression or anxiety, God, I pray that they would realize that you offer a peace that passes understanding and that it begins with being open with you and other people, God, about those needs, to be honest about those. For those, God, who have a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter or a child or grandchild or friend that have wandered away, God, I pray that you would give them the assurance, give them the words to speak, Lord, give them the ability to be reminded every day to pray for the individual that they love, and God, I pray that That through that and through your spirit that they would be convicted and challenged the place where they would come into a relationship with you. God, for those who are stuck, stuck spiritually, God, for those who feel like they aren't growing, God, for those who feel like they've walked away, for those who have allowed a sin or anger or rebellion or or God, those who have allowed the resentment in their life, the bitterness or unforgiveness, God, I pray they would release that. God, they would they would, instead of pushing you off to another room, they would invite you in, God. Instead of saying there's no room, Lord, they would invite you into a relationship. They would open that door, as the Bible says, because you're standing and you knock for them. God, I pray, I pray, God, that we would be able, as a church, to continue to hold out hope and life and repentance grace and mercy and peace to everyone that we encounter God and that we give the greatest gift ever to the world that we extend we extend our relationship with Jesus we tell people about it God we love you we thank you for the hope that we have in Christ we worship and honor you God we thank you we thank you that we know that tomorrow That tomorrow we're promised, no matter what happens on this earth, we're promised a heavenly home, God. We're promised to be able to rejoice the King of kings for all of eternity. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you guys worship with us through these songs?